0: Hello, thanks for taking a minute to join this podcast. I'm DJ Horton, Senior Pastor of Church at the Mill, and we produce these resources in order to connect you more deeply with the ministries of our church and to help you be more informed about all the opportunities that we have and hopefully to encourage and edify you in your walk with the Lord. Uh, This begins a series of podcasts that I'm excited for you to hear around the subject of biblical Counseling. And I'm joined today by three members of our team. Welcome, guys. Welcome if you to will, goodness. take just a minute and introduce yourself and tell our uh, audience what role you play within the biblical counseling ministry.
1: Sure. So my name is Ashton Amerson. I am the pastor of adult ministry here at Church of the Mill. And one of those uh, functions that I directly oversee is our biblical counseling ministry. So I'm kind of the pastor in charge of that ministry. All right. Tanya?
2: Tanya Jones, and I'm the adult ministry assistant and then also biblical counseling team. And so I do counsel um, during the day and have other things that I do for the adult ministry team. Mm -hmm. And Becca Fisher,
3: I'm the Director of Biblical Counseling Ministries here at The Mill. I also counsel a full load all week, a certified counselor here as well as Ashton and Tanya are both certified as well.
0: Right, and obviously our audience uh, may or may not have met you guys. Some of them uh, connected with our church would. I know you see all the hard work you do every day. So I'm excited about this conversation. Sometimes, when you're on the inside of an organization, you um, become so familiar with things, we just assume other people are familiar. Mm -hmm. But the whole genesis, the beginning, the catalyst of this ministry was to minister to people. So you can't minister to people with tools if they don't know those tools exist. I'd like to center our discussion briefly around uh, three uh, sort of questions. The first question is counseling is not unfamiliar to people. Uh, In fact, uh, It's a good thing that the stigma around getting counseling has disappeared. It's very common for celebrities, uh, uh, for uh, leaders to talk about time with their counselor or their therapist. Uh, We know some great guidance counselors at the local schools that our children be a part of. Uh, Everybody's had a camp counselor. And so to receive counsel is a good thing. And most people, whether they be a person of strong faith, uh, distinctively Christian or not, they're not opposed to gaining counsel. So in a world where uh, a lot of things are called counseling, what is truly biblical counseling? Because I think clarifying that's important. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so when you look at the subject of counseling, there's three major schools of thought about this. There's secular counseling, intergracious counseling, and then biblical counseling. With secular counseling, there's also a philosophy and I think a a theology tied to that. Mm -hmm. So they would look at the problems that people face Mm -hmm. through a Biological or body-only lens, mm-hmm. so they really don't uh, adhere to or, or give credit to the fact that there is a God, that we have a soul or spirit or anything. Mm-hmm. So they kind of take a little We're bit more. an evolved animal. we are. So they have a whole lot more of a uh, biological answer to questions. So if there's something wrong with you, there's a disorder, something that's outside of the norm. Then because we don't really think that there's a soul or spirit or a material part of you, then the answer has to be something within the body, and they tend to zero in on the brain as a source of the cause of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that's how they go about answering uh, the question about what's going on and what's the solution there. other side of the spectrum of things would be biblical counseling. Now, biblical counseling doesn't ignore the fact that we have a body, obviously we do, but it also uh, recognizes that scripture tells us that we have a soul as well. And so it differentiates between what is truly a biological problem that you need to go see a medical doctor for, or you need to go see a psychologist or psychologist for, and then also those problems that would probably be more of an immaterial nature, meaning scripture would tell us this is probably something more to do inside of your spirit, your soul or a heart problem as we would as we would look at it and right. so that's the two extremes when you look at it and then integrationalist, it really depends on the integrationist as to how much they slide more towards the biblical counseling side of things mm-hmm. or how much they slide more towards the secular side of things and that's really just shooter's choice to figure out which which spectrum they kind of slide would more. you
0: argue that a lot of what gets called christian counseling falls in that middle category it it,
1: it does It really, really does. They will pray. Uh, The person who's doing the counseling may be a Christian, may love the Lord, may go to church. But when it really comes to their understanding of the problem and the solutions and the remedies they're going to have, a lot of it does slide more towards some secular training, not as much as we would kind of look at it, Mm -hmm. as this is probably
0: a non-material problem and Scripture sufficient to be able to answer those questions. I think I'd like to piggyback off that in defining what biblical counseling truly is, as our church understands it, and as we use it. You know, I don't think you can underemphasize Scripture. Mm-hmm. So, how how does our theology of the Word inform our biblical counseling? So, when we think about
1: uh, the answer to your question. Biblical counseling uh, has kind of tied to this phrase, it's called uh, the sufficiency of Scripture, meaning that for any non-material problem that a person was faced, Mm -hmm. Scripture has the answers as far as what we're supposed to do with that and how we're supposed to understand that. Without getting into a lot of different verses, probably the one that we zero in on the most is 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So there's an assumption that if you believe what Scripture says about itself, then that particular verse tells us that when it comes to being equipped for every good work and being complete, the Scripture is really all that we need being used by the Holy Spirit in order to help us understand ourselves, help us understand what is right, help us understand when we don't get that right, and then to train us and correct us in how God would have us think about situations or circumstances or feelings or emotions or other people. And so, you know, we really look at this and say, God truly has loved us in such a generous way that he's given us his word through his power to be able to answer the non-material issues that we deal with in life. Mm.
0: So Tony and Rebecca speak to this, you know, as a preacher, not someone who's given my life to biblical counseling, but someone who's given my life to communicating God's word. You know, uh, to me, what I'm hearing is from Ashton's definition is that the distinction is worldly counseling, counseling that's driven only by man's knowledge of man, has to look for man for the source of the solutions. Whereas biblical counseling, the adjective biblical tells you we, this is where we are going for the source. Your, your, your feelings matter, your emotions matter, your experiences matter. The trauma you face matters. But those things will not be uh, the source of the solution is that that's correct? Right. right.
2: Yeah, and so you know one thing that Paul does is he warns us all the time to be Anchored in the scriptures. Yeah. That's where our life is anchored mm. And one of the things I use with our counselees when I'm talking to them and trying to explain the difference is to say that biblical Counseling is really theology applied to your life mm. And so that's where our foundation is and that's where When we give them theories, those those change all the time. But God's word is consistent; it never changes. Mm -hmm. So, if if that's answering your question, I'm sure Becca has some add to something. I I wanted to to
3: add add some color just from personal experience. Mm So, um, being in part of uh, the older generation I have a lot of life experience and I've actually been to secular counseling personally mm-hmm. Christian counseling personally and then biblical counseling training and now I counsel biblically mm-hmm. and so experientially I can speak to it as, as having a trauma from it as uh, in my childhood brought it into a relationship with my husband um, dating at the time had what the secular world would call daddy issues mm-hmm. uh, looking for someone to fulfill me and make right. me feel important and and that sort of thing, and, and uh, so having gone to a therapist, secular therapy, did not know any other way to go, mm-hmm. um, uh, what I found was um, less of the brain issues and more of the answers inside of me. And, and mm-hmm. what we have found is over, over time as we've studied this and, and been trained is that secular therapists will go, they're, they're, the philosophies are so different that what we would call the anthropology of man or how man looks at himself is man is good, they're mm-hmm. born good. They have good intentions. Mm-hmm. Everything's good. And so that's where they feel like the answers are mm-hmm. Th- they're within yourself. Just look a little deeper, you mm-hmm. know, and so I got a lot of affirmation uh, mm-hmm. of, of me and, right. you know, built up my ego quite a bit. But that was very shallow and it did nothing to change me and it gave me no hope. It it's gave me no hope. It wasn't permanent. Man. That's right. So as I moved forward in my life a few years later, I still had these issues that never went away, surprisingly. Mm. So um, after Ken and I were married, I went to a Christian counselor because I'd grown in my faith. I thought, well, that's where the answer right. is. And and this is not to despair any counseling out there because I believe there's a place for sure. those things. People sure. that are not believers mm. um, will go to secular counseling. But as a, as a Christian counselor, I found exactly what Ashton described, which was, um, uh, a little, you know, some some worldly wisdom from a very n- nice man with some scripture, in life. scriptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scriptures were sprinkled in a little. P- I, don't, I don't even know if he prayed for me. Again, not not fruitful for me. Right. And so I finally, uh, a few years later, went to training. And, and honestly, I self-counseled through that because it was 30 hours of very intensive training. Yep. And I, and the light bulb came on. And I knew I was a sinner, but to be able to understand that my motives and my heart and my intentions mm. were not uh, ones that were lined up with God's, sure. then, then the answer started coming. The word, the truth washed over me. That coupled with good, pulpit teaching, good expositional preaching Mm -hmm. in my life was what helped me.
0: Well, you know what, it's so, we we have a world that would wanna push against uh, any ideology that's rooted in a strong fundamental theology of the word, but it's so refreshing Mm -hmm. to say to someone who's really tormented, who's really struggling, who's really wrong, or they've been really wronged, they've been the recipient, hey, there is a set of solutions and a purpose for your life greater than your circumstance. And it is from the one who designed you. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my son had a flat tire on a pickup truck that's used that I bought him. I'd never changed a tire on this pickup truck. And so I'd never gotten the spare out from under the bed of the pickup truck. Well, I saw the spare, but it was locked up with a cable system and you know we were in the middle of nowhere, it was cold. I went to his glove box. I pulled out a 2005 Toyota Tacoma manual and literally looked for emergency maintenance, went and there was a diagram about how to crank the spare tire down. Mm -hmm. Once I realized that I'd done it before on a previous truck but I didn't put two and two together. The creator of the truck Mm -hmm. is where I had to go for the problem. Not me, not Micah, and not me trying to figure out the truck without it. And ultimately, that to me is what has done so much in people's lives. In shifting gears from defining biblical counseling, and we could talk about the definition of biblical counseling and contrast it with uh, what we see so much uh, today as unfruitful counseling based on worldly, the worldly premise of a wrong view of man. Uh, but I think it's important for us uh, to talk about how has that manifested itself in our church? Because there, there may be three audiences listening to this podcast. There are people who are part of Church at the Mill, and that's really who we want to target. But then there are folks who, who uh, may love the cause of Christ that may have stumbled upon this. They're not at Church at the Mill. They may not even live in our community, which we're located, of course, in the upstate of South Carolina. And then, and then there are some who just want to know a little bit about biblical counseling. But, but for those first two groups that m- may have the opportunity to learn more about it, how has our understanding of biblical counseling manifested itself at Church at the meal? Mm-hmm. What, what what are we doing and how do we do it? Mm-hmm.
1: So to answer that question, what we just told you about the difference between secular psychology, integrationist, and biblical counseling, I didn't even know those things existed five or six years ago. It really was born out of a need where in my role as associate pastor at the time, we were getting bombarded with marriage cases and depression and hurting people uh all all kinds of things coming to us and i personally just felt very ill-equipped in my current training at that point to be able to open up god's word and help people i could recognize that people were suffering, and i could give them hope i could recognize when somebody had sin and i could tell them they need to stop doing that and start doing the other But I had no idea how to facilitate that environment of transportation through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, to be able to say, here's how we understand ourselves, here's how we understand God, here's how we relate that to circumstances and people, and walk them through using the truth of God's Word to be able to do that. And so when people were still coming at us, and I just didn't know what I didn't know or how to help them, I went on a journey to try and figure out how do we... How do I equip myself? How do I equip our church to be able to take care of these people? And I went lots of different ways to be able to look. And it actually wasn't until Becca and Ken came from uh, from Texas at the time and they had heard a little bit about the story, about what we were trying to do and the problem we were in. And she mentioned an organization called Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, and i never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And it's a training organization and a certification organization that obviously comes alongside of pastors and churches, mm-hmm. but also equips lay people to be able to, to do this type of counseling as well. And Becca, remember, I was a huge skeptic about lay people being able to do this type of yeah. thing. I thought, man, I've been a counselor, I've been a pastor for about eight or nine years at this point. I barely feel like I can take care mm-hmm. of these people much less equip you know sweet church members to be able to do this and you said well let's just let's just go to one of their conferences and let's just see what they have to say and maybe God will speak and sure enough, he did Mm -hmm. he did we went down to Jacksonville Florida I went to my first ACBC conference the Lord moved as he did and I came back and said this is what God's been trying to show me this is what we need to have and ye of little faith that this is obviously going to change and impact me, and it's going to give me the training I needed as a pastor and as a leader, but we have to start equipping the saints for the work in the ministry and start using the precious folks that God has in our church in order to, to, to be able to do this. And ACBC gave a great training and framework for being able to, 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 to do that.
0: Yep. So, so sequentially, leadership, you guys were exposed to it. You, you went through the training, mm-hmm. and then you began to walk other staff and lay people through the training. And I think it's interesting that, um, I I think it's important for people to connect the wonderful relationship between discipleship and biblical counseling. Because ultimately, uh, biblical counseling really becomes crisis discipleship. Mm -hmm. In other words, something causes the problem. The marriage is in trouble, there's a pornography addiction, someone has trauma from an earlier experience in life. There's an Something causes the problem. But we all know as Christian leaders that all of our issues are directly related to Christian spiritual maturity. It doesn't mean that you can by yourself just attend church long enough to not need counseling. But it does mean that many of the decisions that people make that are damaging relationships come from spiritual immaturity. So if they're a more deeply devoted follower of Jesus, a lot of the garbage that, that clutters up our life gets taken care of. As a pastor, I can say that's what I saw. I saw, wait a minute, you you want to mobilize leaders, staff members, and lay people to know better the Word of God and to know better how to help people apply the Word of God to their situations? It's a Mm no-brainer. And so what's been interesting for me is to observe the spiritual growth of the counselors who have gone through the training and watch it transform their life. Tanya, how did it impact your life?
2: So um, I had been to seminary, I had been counseling people pretty much since I was a young adult, mm-hmm. and I was using God's Word, but it gave me the tools to be able to do that, but also it started me depending more upon the Holy Spirit for the change, because mm-hmm. I'm not a change agent. Right. He is. But
0: you do want to change people. But I do we want all to do. change
2: people. I want to change their hearts. We but want to fix them. Yeah, and that's part of what we, a big huge part with biblical counseling is we rely upon the Holy Spirit to do that. And I started to rely upon him more to to be the change agent. And it wasn't up to me Mm. because we get people who come in and they really do want to embrace God's word. They want to do that, but they don't ever embrace it. They know it. They're just not embracing it. And so that's where we literally take an hour to prepare for those coming in for counseling. Mm. And part of that is prayer time Mm. over them so that when they come in, And when, then we also pray for them. Yep. Again, it was just more of that reliance upon the Holy Spirit. Listen, uh, even going through seminary, the, what you go through to get your certification is seminary level. It's it's very oh, intense. Yep. And so you yourself have to rely upon the Holy Spirit just to get through, yep. but it transforms your heart, right. and it really does sanctify you yep. in that process.
0: That's so rich. It's so, very rich. Becca, as the director, talk about how you've seen lay people go from being, hey, I, I love people and I want to help, to becoming these rock star counselors, mm.
3: yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's fun to watch. So uh, there's a framework, as Ashton mentioned, and and Tanya mentioned, uh, ACBC has. Um, I don't want to call it counseling training in a box, but they have refined it so much over the last I don't know 30 years oh, yeah. that uh, it's it. They have it locked down, great. And so there's a process. We we've brought them here and we host them and they come in and so our counselors have gone through what we call fundamentals, which is just 30 hours of of training and it's all about theology the Mm -hmm. doctrine which I love because it lines up with our doctrine here at the church, and um, and they then they learn the application of it. They learn how do you apply honor one another above the other to to my marriage. How, how do I do that? So they learn that in training. They learn these these basics, and so uh, once they become part of the ministry, then we start giving them some cases and we come alongside them. And there's a whole other process along. You know, it's a little bit longer to explain, but initially it's just the the 30 hours, and then we sit with them and and meet with them a little longer and.
0: And I know for me, you know, every pastor has to do the get off the pew and serve sermon. That's right. What's been really cool is to see, you know, praise God for those brave men that this time of year that handle the cold weather and serve on the parking team. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for yes. those, those brave people who handle that preschool ministry. That, that, but, but this has allowed people to go from just that level of there's a place and a post I'm needed for one hour or two hours on Sunday or Wednesday night to pouring their life into seeing life change. And I don't know of a pastor who wouldn't get excited about knowing that all over their campus and all over their community and coffee shops, there are members speaking to other members or guests who are new to our church, the word of God into their life. Now, I think that's a great bridge to that third question of not only what's this meant to us, but You know, if someone's listening to this and they're uh, relatively close to the upstate uh, or they're here in our state, they're in our area, and they're like, you know what? I don't know that I'm ready to sign up in blood, but I wanna know more and I'd love to attend a training. I'd love to learn, whether they be a pastor, a pastor's wife, whether they be a ministry leader. uh, One of the things that we talk about a lot at Church of the Mill, part of our value is, is that if we're ever given the opportunity to accomplish anything, Mm -hmm. We want to reach back and share it with other churches, because we wouldn't be where we are had other people not poured into us. You shared uh, an exemplar example of that with Becca and Ken having been briefly exposed to biblical counseling coming and and so and so we want to leverage this to help the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, w- w- what is an opportunity coming up soon?
1: Yep. So one of the phrases we have in biblical counseling is that every Christian is a counselor. Now. In that, you're going to have people that go through full certification, they join our ministry, they're formally sitting down with people making appointments, counseling, and that's Mm -hmm. fine. There is training available for that. And there's also that person who just says, I might not be ready to do that, but... In reality, every time somebody says, hey, can we talk or I got an issue going on or this is going on, you become a counselor in that moment. So the counseling training that we've been able to offer is for both of those groups. That person that says, I really don't see myself being fully certified in doing this formally, but I sure would love to be able to do a better job and open up my Bible and handle the Word of God when people say, hey, can I talk?
0: Let me just stop you right there Mm -hmm. and say that that is crucial, I think, small group leaders, mm. for student mm. ministry volunteers, right mouth, yep. for children's ministry workers, for people who are on the prayer team at the altar mm. on Sundays, okay. yep. because I think once we get past those polished, uh, cookie-cutter answers that we give people, mm-hmm. if you can roll your sleeves up and help somebody, even for a brief period of time, it's game-changing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah. So the training that we're going to be offering uh, is in partnership with ACBC. Mm -hmm. We did it last year and it was phenomenal. We had a great weekend and so we've been asked to host it again this year at our campus in March, April, and May. And so we're going to have a link in and around uh, this podcast on the website yeah. where you can go to the website, read more about it, get the dates, that sure. type of deal. But it's an opportunity for you to come uh, one weekend over three months. So you Yeah, it's they not are sequential.
0: They are sequential. Not three different. Uh, no, sir. They, they build. Mm-hmm. The first one's in March. The second one's in April. The third one's in May. Yep. And so
1: that training is called Fundamentals Training, and Mm -hmm. it's really for anybody and everybody, all the groups that we talked about. And the training really breaks down, I think, into three major categories. The first part of it is really an understanding of what biblical counseling is. It will expand upon some of the things we talked about in the first part of our podcast. The second part is a little bit of the methodology. Like, what do I do when I sit down with somebody? Or somebody says, hey, I need to talk for a second. And the latter part of the uh, three-week counseling is uh, theological issues or or common problems and how we're supposed to biblically understand those. So things like anger and anxiety and depression and marriage and raising children. Gender confusion. Gender confusion, uh, pornography, purity, all these things. God's Word is not silent on these issues. And so part of the training is to open up God's Word and mm-hmm. rightly understand what God's heart is and understanding of those and how we as Christians are supposed to think about those, apply those, and work that out with one another.
0: Yeah so when you when you think about your reoccurring blessing so so you guys i'm sure have sessions you drive home and it's 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 tough but but the good days far outnumber the bad when you watch people apply if you were to put in a sentence or two what's blessed you the most in being a biblical counselor what would that be becca
3: um well uh, for me it's to watch someone change from being Self-centered, self-focused into glorifying the Lord mm. and understanding their their purpose on this earth is yes. to love God and love others, mm. and that's what we boil it down to. And if yeah. I can get someone from point A of, I'm I'm so self-centered I can't think mm. beyond you know what's happening to me to the point of what they're loving God and loving others. Yeah. that's a blessing. That's a true blessing. That's real. Uh, on top of working with these
0: two fantastic, sure, people, they're the pretty special. They for are. Us. Tanya, what would you say?
2: Um, I would inter- reiterate what Becca says, but also one of the things that I love to see is to see somebody come in and not just apply God's Word to the situation that they're in right then, but, but it, it starts making a heart change. It invades that gonna- the rest of their life. Yes. He's got it's, it rigged, doesn't he? He does. And <laughs> years later, you get to see them, and they're like, you know what? I took what God's Word said.
0: And I applied it to this situation. And I applied situation. it to
2: this situation. That is a fantastic Well, you know, today.
0: you think about it, even before any of us knew the definition of biblical counseling, when we came across Christians who were just mature, one of the things we notice about them is, is that they don't just make one or two good decisions. Every area of their life reflects the gospel and the word of God, because if, you know, the sum total of a lot of good decisions that honor the Lord is, is a mature, blessed life. Not an easy life, we still go through persecution, but the women or the men that I wanted to talk to or look up to, when I looked at their life, I saw consistency across the board. This is the mechanism to help every person have that. Ashton, how would you say it has blessed your life?
1: I would say twofold. I did not expect going through this training how much it would reveal about my own heart. You know, being a pastor, I thought, well, I love Jesus. I'm pretty mature. Uh, I, have a, I still have room to grow. But, man, when I began to understand the human heart and God's word on that, it, it highlighted to me some real serious areas that I still needed to surrender to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Some areas, some, some subtle sins, some attitudes of the heart, some pride. Honestly, that I needed to allow the Lord to come in and do a work and transform my heart in. So I think I'm a different child of God, husband, father, and pastor, having gone through this uh, as a result of this. The other cool part of this is it doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, it's a pretty cool thing. I'll have a couple come to me in absolute utter crisis. And they'll go through biblical counseling, they'll be blessed by it, and then they show up in the training that we just talked about. And that happened in more than one occasion that we were reviewing the list of people who had attended who had registered, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's that person and there's that couple. They're going to be coming in a weekend in March and be exposed to this. And it wasn't just because they think that we helped them or gave them a tool, but their life had been changed through the Word of God, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to be able to do that with other people as well.
0: I think to me as a pastor, just to listen to all three of you and what you said, It really transformed my perspective of biblical counseling is helping my members, the people who attend my church, helping, if you will, the disciples of Christ at Church at the Mill. That's true. But biblical counseling is more than that. Biblical counseling is making disciples. There's a reproductive nature to the Word of God that when we give it to people, it does not return void and it works and it moves. And, and I, I would just say to anybody listening to this conversation, none of us, these three incredible folks that I work with every day, certainly me as a pastor, none of us are experts. We're still learning. I think if anything, if you knew us personally, you, you would see how the Lord can literally lose anybody through his word because his word is sufficient. Sure. The source is not Becca, Tanya, Ashton, or DJ the second thing I would say is, is that the reason that our biblical ministry, I believe, is where it is today is because you and a few others around you decided to do something about it, mm-hmm. and God honored that. And so for the person listening that may say, you know, I've been to Church of the Mill once. I'm just a guest. Or I'm a member of a friend's church, and they share this link with me, and our church has 40 people in it. We're a church plant, or we're an older congregation. What can I do? The reality is, is that you can come to the training. You can come and begin to grow and to see what the Lord might do. And I would say for those of you who've taken the time to listen, thank you. Thank you for extending this to us. Thank you guys for the ministry that you have. We'll continue to pray for that. I look forward to a second installment of a podcast where we go further into the subject of biblical counseling. But uh, for Rebecca, for Tanya, for Ashton and myself, thank you for listening today. God bless you.